Thank you for joining me today. I got Ryan and I got Rick here with me, and I am Timothy. And we are going to be looking at Proverbs 24, 13, and 14. I'll read that real quickly out of the ESV. My son, eat honey, for it is good, and the drippings of the honeycomb are sweet to your taste. Know that wisdom is such to your soul. If you find it, there will be a future, and your hope will not be cut off. So I picked this verse today because because I have kind of tongue-in-cheek called it my life verse for over a decade now. Just, wow. you know, at that point in time, people were always like, oh, what's your life verse? What's your life verse? I'm like, I don't have a life verse. And so I picked just the first one of these. My son, eat honey for it is good, and the honeycomb, and the drippings of the honeycomb are sweet to your taste, because I thought it was funny. It's like, what's your, what's your life verse? Eat sugar, baby. <laughs> And I, I kind of intentionally picked a verse out of context, and I had kind of remembered that verse. I forgot the second verse to it, to be honest. I, I knew it was out of context, but I didn't remember what the context was. And so I figured, you know, this would be a good opportunity to remind myself of why this verse is in the Bible, and it's not just so I could have an inside joke with myself. That's <laughs> the, a pretty, the, most, the most inside joke there is. Yes. <laughs> it's clever, man. It's mm-hmm. really clever. Mm-hmm. So, what did you guys think when you first read this first? Any initial impressions? All right, I'll go first. My name's Ryan for new listeners. Um, so, my initial impression is like, well, I'm being encouraged to eat honey and the honeycomb, but I'm not even sure if a honeycomb can be eaten. I read New, new King James and it says, uh, eat honey because it is good in the honeycomb, which is sweet to your taste. And I'm just like, what is that? Like, what is that even like? Is that does this work in twenty twenty two? Does this is this a modern thing for us? Right? I never grew up on honey or honeycombs or anything like that, other than cereal. <laughs> it's it's really a foreign concept uh, in, in terms of that portion. I don't know. I'm I'm starving, so of course we chose the the verse that has food in it. But uh, honeycomb is is kind of like a wafer, and it usually is just like chock full of bits of honey. So it's it's like the delectable part. Yeah. yeah so it is good. edible. Yeah good too see i learned something hey another thought that i had really was i'm pondering how this even relates to the knowledge of wisdom new king james says the knowledge of wisdom instead of can you read esv again esv is know that wisdom is such to your soul if you find it there will be a future and your hope will not be cut off so in my new king james it says so shall the knowledge of wisdom be to your soul if you have found it, there's a prospect and your hope will not be cut off. Mm-hmm. And so kind of taking that idea is like what, you know, the knowledge of wisdom, how does honey and a honeycomb relate to that and the way it affects to the soul, right? And I'm giving you a very like high view, right, of what was my actual initial thoughts, right, without praying on it, without mm-hmm. considering it more, looking into it, right? And um, I got stuck on the word prospect because I don't think that's something that we use today you know today's age unless you're talking about talent right or talent acquisition or you know in movies or whatever is it talking about possibility are we talking about the future because hope is mentioned shortly afterwards as well that was my initial impression is like okay like this is this is a hard proverb and difficult to understand from face value without looking into it deeply yeah 
And I would even say like if I'm going through Proverbs, which the reading plan that I'm following right now will take me through it twice in a year. It's like I would probably skip over this verse and not give it much consideration because I'm looking for other verses that are going to pop off the page a little bit quicker, right? Yeah. And I think you did. There is a parallel at the end of verse 14 when it talks about there is a prospect and your hope will not be cut off. The prospect is a parallel to the hope that will not be cut off. It is talking about a future. It is having this long view. Well, to to get back to the first verse, I thought uh, when I read this verse, it brought me back to my childhood, to my first trip to Knott's Berry Farm in California. And they have a gift store there that had these little honey sticks at the register. And I think they were 10 for a dollar at the time. It was a great deal. And they're essentially, they're a plastic straw that has been filled with honey and sealed on both ends. And you bite one end off and you squeeze the honey out. And just trying to get all the rest of that honey out of that thing probably occupied me for the whole trip home, from <laughs> the whole drive home. <laughs> the next time we went to Knott's Berry Farm, I think we just went to the gift store. We didn't go into the park or anything. I had a certain amount of spending money for the vacation and I spent it all on honey sticks wow. because I loved it. They were delicious. You know, I mean, I got a sweet tooth. I, I I won't hide from that. I eat way more sugar than I should. It provides a vivid image for me where it's like this, oh, I want this. I want this. I want this. And it, you compare that to wisdom. You're saying, do I have that sort of hunger for wisdom? Am I longing for it that way? It's a good way of putting it. Mm-hmm. I think the uh, the major part that stands out here is like thir- like if you look at 13 by itself, you're you're just like, cool. <laughs> Sounds good. Eat honey. All right. It is good for you after all. But the the whole purpose of it is to connect it to 14. And it's actually uh, instructive. He's saying, eat honey. And then he's saying, this is what wisdom will be. He wants them to like, because you don't know what wisdom is. You don't know what, what knowledge is, all these things. You don't know their benefit until you've experienced it long enough to have the benefit. So, what he's trying to do is lay out like this example of like, hey, so... Eat honey and know, know its sweetness. Think about it. For we'll we'll modernize it. Honey is like the the thing of things back in the day, but we'll modernize it and just be like ice cream. Eat yeah. your ice cream or chocolate. Yes, just eat this thing like that. You know is good. This thing that brings you satisfaction, like you know, calms your nerves, it releases the endorphins, all the stuff and the things. Then he's saying this is what it's going to be if you have wisdom. This is what it's going to be if you have knowledge. This will this will be your promise. Your your dessert, if you will, will be this expectation. This pro, this reward is. Uh, I got King James here. Mm-hmm. Instead of prospect, it says reward. Instead of hope, it says expectation. And that's the thing is like Tim. If you're anything like me, you eat dinner with the expectation of what is dessert going to be. Yes, yes. And that's exactly the point that's being made here. Is he's like, okay, so eat honey and know it. And he's he wants to introduce to the son to you to the character here what goodness looks like, what it feels like, what it tastes like. He's saying it's honey, it's sweet. Goodness is good, you know. Sometimes it comes later. Sometimes you have to go through like the vegetables first, or sometimes you have to work for it. Sometimes you get stung by bees, but at the end of it, it's sweet. And that's like the, the thing here is like, so shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul. So you know wisdom, you taste its sweetness, compare it to something that you know and love, that satisfaction that you get though minor, though easy to come by, as honey is, is still always good, still always enjoyable. Mm. And that's what he's saying, like, know that, 
understand that and experience it. And I think the fact that he's presenting it first as like, do this thing that you love. Okay. Like, what is this? What is, what is your hobby or whatever? That goodness is the same goodness that comes from having wisdom. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, that's what really stands out is that instructive piece. Wow. I imagine what honey's probably super nutritious, right? Is it? Is, body. It's actually very good for you. On a deep level that we probably don't even fully comprehend. Right. But the idea is like, where does it come from too? Right. That it comes from a plant, right? And flower and the bees collect it. And the process that it takes to develop that honey, could we also relate that to wisdom and the process that it takes to gain wisdom, to have an understanding of it and how deep it really uh, goes, right? And, and and the application of it, you know, just to, to complement what you what you said, Rick. Right. Yeah, it's it's exciting to to kind of think about that. But it first glance you're like whatever you know it's sweet it's cool you know so i think there's there's a word picture in the honey where it says it is sweet to the tongue or sweet to the taste that is something that's instantaneous and it fades quickly like that sweetness when you have any sort of a sugary snack it's gone in just seconds and, you know, maybe you can kind of taste it on your breath after the fact or something, you know, but <laughs> but it's not really there anymore. And that is contrasted, that is, is, you know, poetically paralleled to the eternal nature of wisdom, sweetness, where wisdoms is talking about the future, the prospect, the hope, the expectation. It is all something far out and distant, impossibly distant, truly an eternal benefit a sweetness that lasts forever compared to just that momentary flash in the pan sweetness of honey. That's really the core of the lesson in this proverb. Yeah. Well, the, um, you talked about the, I don't know how you put the eternity of wisdom earlier in Proverbs when it introduces wisdom as a, as a character, I think it's chapter eight maybe, but, um, Basically, it talks about by wisdom was the earth established, right? By the its foundations were laid. The whole the whole concept. I mean, I when I read it, I personally parallel wisdom as a character to the person of Christ, just because of its literal uh, meanings there. But the eternity of wisdom is just that 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 God doesn't like create good things and then tell us that they're the good things. It's just that those what the good things are. Those are what the good things are. That wisdom is this, you know, and and righteousness is this like god exists in the perfection of of existence like the highest point of being is him everything kind of flows from that and anything that is away from him is what we would determine as sin we look at it from ourselves as like oh why is x y and z bad or why is like adultery bad or why is this bad and mm-hmm. you get mixed up with with like categoric categorizing things whereas god is like no 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 this this thing is not even a part of me this is not like something that was invented and then I just didn't like it, so I disagreed with it. It's like, no, this is the contrast to who I am. And wisdom is the is the the contrast to folly. Whereas folly is is eternal in a negative sense, and wisdom is eternal in a is this positive sense that your folly is your downfall, your your foolishness is your downfall, and wisdom leads to such great gain, such great hope, and it is eternal. You know, that essentially the consequences of our decisions are are everlasting, whether big or small. So this is the thing is like you it's you're comparing it to the the instantaneous flash of of flavor that we get from from sugar and then comparing it to the eternity of wisdom. I think that's a good parallel and just the fact that we 
we long so much for just that just that longing just that little bit of dessert you know just that scoop of ice cream or that like that drizzle of honey we long so much for that like we just know it's so good and however long it lasts for us and if we could only just long for something that will last forever and know that the goodness of wisdom will be as good as that honey but forever mm-hmm. if we could just follow it and i think it really it makes sense when so I guess what wisdom is, in my understanding, wisdom is the ability to make good decisions. And the difference between a biblical wisdom and the wisdom of the world is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is then being able to make good decisions in the awareness and awe of who God is. Whereas worldly wisdom, it ends with this life. Whatever your goal is, make a buck, whatever it is, have the most fun possible. If you do make decisions to help you do that, that's worldly wisdom. But if you are making decisions with eternal consequences, that is godly wisdom. Good eternal consequences, I should say. (laughs) All decisions have eternal consequences, but good eternal consequences. So I think that's really where this verse ties into the the purpose of Proverbs in in, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 to 7. It looks at, at wisdom from this eternal perspective and how true wisdom has that in mind always forever it is in recognition of who god is and what that means in our lives so did any other verses or any other passages in the bible come to mind when you read this just because of like the word parallel it's used prophetically it's in revelation and i think in ezekiel where uh they're, they're told to ingest, you know, the word or whatever, and it's sweet like honey at first and then turns bitter or whatever the heck. Mm-hmm. But to me, the, the real parallel there is that the word in and of itself is compared to honey. And though it changes into something else and understanding what the, the consequences are of it and the nature of essentially the, the gravity of the prophecy that's being dealt with in the context, mm-hmm. it just goes to show that in the, in the word itself is wisdom and that wisdom will come as honey to those that that you know initially enjoy it and then there's just that gravity of like we have all this and it's so good and then uh, as you guys were talking about before uh or i guess on the previous episode our call on the great commission to reach people that's like that that's why we're here like if god was if god was out here trying to just save people then we would get saved and probably just drop dead but our purpose is to be a part of it mm-hmm. our purpose is to join in on that and the gravity of that is like the sweetness of the gospel is is like the honey. And then the bitterness is the people that don't have it, the people that don't taste that, the people that just have, you know, honeyless bread. Like that's the deal is that they don't get this eternal wisdom. They don't get, they only get the other, the negative eternal consequences. That begins to tie into the fact that he who is wise saves souls. So that there's a sweetness in now saving people. There's sweetness in now devoting your life to such a harvest. There's a sweetness in devoting your life to labor. That like like it is not easy to get honey, that there's a long process to it, but it's always, always worth it. So is the same for this harvest that we're called to, despite the bitterness that comes with it, that the loss of people or the the rejection of it from other people, or just the pride of ourself that, that makes us want to be afraid or chicken out or or whatever it is that we do or deal with. Yeah, and sort of similar to that, I'll be honest, I cheated on this. I uh, searched honeycomb in my Bible app to see what came up. <laughs> wow. And, wow. God sees you. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's lazier though. But 
I wish I knew the word well enough that it would just pop into my head, but I'm not there yet. So this is from Psalm 19, verses 7 to 10. The law of the Lord is perfect, covering the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making the wise simple. Uh, making making wise the simple. That's kind of the opposite of the way I said that before. So no. <laughs> we'll edit that out. No, <laughs> the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing in the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Wow. And so that gives us a, I think, a a clear parallel between the law of God and the commandments of God and what wisdom is. Because wisdom, I think, is distinct from knowledge or understanding or intelligence. It is making the right choices. The law is the training wheels on making the right choices. We know how to balance ourselves if we're following what God says. As we grow in our relationship with God and we, we grow in our, our understanding of the Holy Spirit, you know, it becomes instinctual. But certainly to begin with, you know, we want the, the, the tutor of the law to help us and to walk with us as we follow the path of wisdom. Yeah, and I, I would say like, Psalm 19, what you just shared gives such clarity, right, to the importance of what our focus should be on. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Like, that's that's big. And, and that word soul is also used in Proverbs 24. And it because the knowledge of wisdom or even wisdom itself affects the soul. And you have to think about what is the soul, right? And, and maybe that's something that we don't talk about daily or even consider often, but, you know, the soul is who you are outside of this body. It is your being, in in a sense. Proverbs 24 says, so shall the knowledge of wisdom be to your soul, and it impacts and it affects your soul, right? You know, the verse that came to mind when I'm studying this proverb is actually Matthew 6.33, though that may seem abstract, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. We can go out and strive to find wisdom and understand wisdom and conduct ourselves in wisdom with those who are around us. But even Psalm 19 explained it perfectly. It's the testimonies, the law, it's the word of God that has the utmost value. And when we seek the Lord, right, faithfully, when we ask of him of wisdom, then he gives it liberally without reproach. Uh, James 1 would tell us that. And so here's this thought is like, I think this verse highlights how seeking God and his righteousness, which is wisdom, which is knowledge, which is perfection. It's a guarantee to bring purpose to one's very existence, right? He brings that value. What is wisdom if there's no existence to apply that to, if there's no value, because you can be infinitely wise and have perfect understanding and application of understanding, but if your life has no purpose, then what is that? Not to take that to uh, <laughs> that dark of a level, but, right? but someone who can be wise and not be a believer, but the ultimate wisdom is seeking the Lord and ha- like the fulfillment of that, if you will, right? It's going to be most applicable, most useful in, in those uh, regards. So, I think it's wisdom to seek the Lord, you know, in his his kingdom, in his righteousness, right? Before wisdom can have its full application. 
It absolutely is. Because when you are seeking the Lord, that is living in fear of God. Because we're like, how can you fear God and love God at the same time? What does this mean? Does fear of the Lord mean the same thing as fear? And, you know, in my mind, it is this operating daily in, in an ongoing realization of who God is. You know, fear is a very good starting place to understand what that's like, but it's, it's so much more than just fear. It, it can coexist beautifully and perfectly with love because you understand who God is. Yeah, bringing it back to this proverb, is there any ways we can apply this or misapply this in our lives? I think if we uh, ignore the context of 14 and uh, flippantly make 13 our life verse, it might be oh, <laughs> dagger to the heart, but it's, that's true, though. It is true. Uh, I'm, I'm um, kidding, honestly. Just for the saving grace for Tim here, it's if he hadn't have done that, we probably wouldn't even be looking at this verse today. So there's there's that. It's really, it, it's not so much an application as it is an information. The instruction here is in 13, and that's to know what goodness is and let it be defined for you. So he's saying, okay, so eat the honey. That's what goodness is. And you're like, obviously, this is delicious. And then he's like, okay, so now, now that you know what that is, I'm going to tell you. Knowledge is going to be that good to you. So we have to know, we have to trust that God is going to provide goodness for us. You were saying about verse, uh, sorry, Psalm 19, you guys are both kind of discoursing about how that the law tells us what the wisdom is and all that, and that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and, and so on and so forth. And earlier, Tim, you were contrasting worldly wisdom with godly wisdom. We have to let God tell us what is good because we don't know. We don't know. And just to keep the, the food parallel... There's someone I know that used to eat like this fast food chain and thought it was the greatest thing that had ever happened in the universe. The fact of the matter is it was not. It was kind of lame actually, but he started to spend more time around quality food and he has never gone back. <laughs> and that's just how it like he never knew what goodness was yeah. until he had to experience it. And we don't know what goodness is until we experience it. And like, this is kind of like, we look at like young love as an example, like your first crush or whatever is probably the greatest thing that's ever happened to you. But it's not actually, it's just a crush. And you just don't realize how deep love can be. You don't realize how deep the intimacy can be. You're just seeing the surface of it for the first time and you're like, wowed. So if we let God determine what goodness is for us, then that is what the fear of the Lord is. That's where he's he's saying, hey, this is right. Not necessarily what you're thinking. This is what right is. This is what good is. And fearing God is saying, okay, you're probably right. Not fearing God is saying, well, let me put you to the test on that one, as opposed to just trusting him at his word. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important to mention that we can trust everything in God's word, right? And when we're seeking through these things that through these proverbs and just through the word in general, right? We have to come to this assumption. It's like, Lord, everything in this is going to be better than what I had planned for myself and trusting what he brings versus what, you know, what we can know, right? And what we can try to understand or should never test the Lord. One comment I want to make to you, Rick, where does Chick-fil-A stand in terms of health and, and fast food. I, I like Chick-fil-A a lot. Actually. Yeah. This place I was talking about is a whole other level. But, okay. Uh, oh, really? okay. But I think 
this is not the place to categorize food with a hungry man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like, <Dude>. Chick-fil-A <laughs> is good in its category. It's at the top of its category. Yeah. But it is not like a sit-down place where I spend more money. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So I think just a minor application out of the first verse is, you know, he says, eat honey for it is good. And that's a check against this sort of asceticism that says, you know, any sort of pleasure is wrong. It's like, no, no, there are good things in this life to be enjoyed. As long as you're not overindulging in it, then rejoice and thank God for them and enjoy them. There is nothing wrong with doing that. But keep your eyes on the eternal perspective because it is just a flash in the pan. Whatever good you have is a loop on a roller coaster, you know, it's exhilarating for a moment and then it's over and you just have a long line, you know, so find the eternal goods. I was going to say that earlier that when you asked us about what verse we thought of, it slipped my mind, but there's another one that talks about eating honey somewhere in Proverbs for just the sake of it, or rather dis- yeah. discussing it as being a good thing. And it's easy to fall into the, like the works mentality of if it feels good, it's probably wrong. Mm-hmm. Where it's like you feel like you have to constantly be earning things, constantly be denying yourself. And that's just not what God has for us. So sometimes I like to rephrase a proverb into my own words just to kind of get the point across to myself. But for this one, I have a sweet treat brings a moment of satisfaction to your tongue, but wisdom brings eternal satisfaction to your soul. Get that on a mug. All right. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not bad. <laughs> Well, thank you all for joining us today. I hope that God blesses you with a world of wisdom and opens your eyes to what life is like in his universe.